Hello guys and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. On this podcast, we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up guys? My name is Kyle. So glad you're joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam? And we are back at you with another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only, I'm going to say it this time, Mr. Kyle Ridgely. What's up? (laughs) Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about an idea. The layout basically is... Let's filter coffee, and let's not filter people. Now, I'll explain that. I'll kind of give you you guys a um, an analogy for that, kind of frame it, um, and then following that, how that leads into trauma, trauma informed care, leaving space and a trajectory to for people to um, have breakthrough in their lives, um, to to have healing in their lives. So foundationally, let's start with this idea of filtering people, how we use the analogy of a coffee filter. You guys can probably imagine why I'm using that analogy because we love coffee on this podcast. Mm. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Um, So filter coffee, not people. And so if you, you think of a, a coffee filter, you have your ground coffee, and the water that runs through that ground coffee through the filter. Um, at the end, you get a beautiful, clean cup of coffee. No coffee grounds in it. Um, it tastes delicious. But then the the mess and the coffee grounds and the, the stuff you don't want in your cup um, is still left in that filter. You have a filtered cup of coffee. How we apply that to not filtering people we want when when we're walking alongside people, giving people space to wrestle out loud with their anger, their frustration, or their trauma. We want to allow that those grounds, that messy stuff, um, per se, that trauma, that anger, that frustration, to to not be filtered out, to allow to flow into this person's cup, per se. It's it's about giving people space um, to to vocalize and, and wrestle out loud with those those grounds or that mess in their lives, and and so we're we're gonna talk about that. And the the first thing that as we've laid that foundation, um, given that analogy of um, not filtering people, giving people space. Um, Let's talk about why we shouldn't filter people. I'll I'll just give, you know, a a personal example, and then Kyle, I would love to hear your thoughts on this about filtering people, um, why we shouldn't do it, um, giving people the space, you know, just to be their honest selves. Really, is what this is about. So, I I went through a a really um, just tough season. Went went through a divorce. And I, I felt like I, I needed to suppress 
I needed to hide, you know, just the deep emotions and pain that I was going through. Um, and, and when I finally um, realized that the people around me, people that God had actually brought in my life as well, um, were, were saying, hey, like, you can be honest about your anger. You can be honest about your frustration, you know. And when I realized I had the space to do that and I started doing that, I started being honest with people about how I was feeling, um, the kind of things that were going through in my head, the struggles that I was going through. That's when I, I had this shift in my life when I realized that when I'm honest about these things, that's when eventually it's not going to happen overnight. It, it's a process. But eventually I got to a place where I started on this road of healing and breakthrough out of um, just these deep emotions, these deep hurts, this trauma, these pains, because I was allowed to be unfiltered and angry and honest about what I was going through, how I was feeling with the thoughts in my head. And so that's like a practical, like personal story about, you know, just personally being given space to just be unfiltered and honest and angry and cuss out loud and like just just feel my emotions um, and again, it, it, it didn't happen overnight, but eventually it led me to a point of I'm starting to see some breakthrough, um, some some healing of, of the scarring and this anger and the fr- frustration in my life. Um, so personally, that's a story to kind of give you guys a ta- tangible idea, you know, of, of giving people space. Kyle, what's your thoughts on that? Like just allowing, why we shouldn't filter people, allowing people to come unfiltered with their mess, with their brokenness, with their anger, with their trauma, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was a very uh, great analogy uh, to start off with, uh, the analogy of that coffee filter. Uh, basically, uh, when we're talking with someone or we're, we're, we're helping someone or supporting someone who may be going through a, a, a trying time or a rough season, um, let's not be the filter. Let's be open and be able to to listen to all the mess that's 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 there. That uh, what we call a mess is just all the sticky things, all the things that we try to hide from people, all the things that we try to mask. Um, that we 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 I think some of the things that I in my past uh, just struggling with my own uh, traumas and hurts and depression uh, was that I didn't want to burden anybody. Like I felt like I just didn't want to burden anybody. I felt like I was a burden, and so what that caused me to do is kind of filter myself in a sense where I would just constantly kind of talk in general terms. I wouldn't get deep where I wouldn't share how I was feeling. Um, but I think the most powerful thing about learning and giving yourself permission to be vulnerable is the, the how healing that is for yourself. Um, a part of sharing your story or hearing anyone's story, it is, it is a part of the healing process, um, particularly in trauma, uh, trauma situations or stress uh, situations that may happen to a person where they're dealing with complex traumas. Uh, is that we, as the listeners, want to give uh, these individuals a space to feel safe. Because reality is, in, in any trauma situation, that person wants to feel safe. And so we are creating an environment where 
we are being, we are becoming that safe space. We may not be giving feedback. We may not give, be giving any kind of advice, but we're, we're just listening, being that sounding board, being able to be that space where they can, they can unload, where they can uh, com- uh, decompress, if you will. And so for this particular episode, we're going to focus and hone in on trauma particularly. And so uh, with that, we want to talk about how do we do that without creating this barrier between us and that person where we're not expecting them to have all the right words or even have any words at all. I mean, sometimes it might just be an outburst of emotion or uh, just uh, just a overwhelming fear having to share these these thoughts with someone else and and, and the fear of um, of of worrying if, if this is going to be okay or is this going to be okay to say to this person will they judge me will they will they not take it the way that I'm trying to convey it to them so in that in that kind of general space of trauma we want to give people the space and the freedom to share their story and um, that takes time it takes time for an individual who has experienced a traumatic event or maybe experiencing uh, complex trauma over a longer period of time uh, it, it's going to be harder um, for that that first step, if you will, that individual sharing their story. So I think that we just have to remember that when we're walking alongside people who are dealing with trauma, it, it we have to in ourselves be patient, be open ourselves, uh, be be honest about what we're not good at, be honest about uh, areas of our lives that we, we kind of slip up in this area where we filter ourselves and we don't share and we're not open and we're not vulnerable. And so um, th- I think that's just simple, simply put is just giving people a safe space where they uh, feel, feel safe, they can trust you. And that, that can mean a whole different, a lot of different things. And so uh, from a gospel implication, I would say that if we look at an example uh, of Christ's life, is that he was in the messy. He was in the messy things. That That is where the, the change, the transformation, the power, Facts. That that's yes. where it happened yep. when the things were sticky and messy. We want to be in the sticky and the messy because that's where Christ is. That's where Christ wants to be. That's where he wants us to be and walking with others. So Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Great encouragements there and points. Um, and you, you, you know, you alluded to um, what, you know, our kind of our next pivot and kind of thing that we're going to frame is this term of trauma informed care, hmm. you know, and that's basically in how, how does, you know, not being a filter, accepting people unfiltered, they're messy angered, you know, have walked through trauma selves. Um, how does that connect with trauma-informed care? And to start off, and Kyle, you kind of round this out with some thoughts you have about it, but the term, you know, trauma-informed care, I, I think whenever people hear the word um, trauma, automatically think in not to say that, you know, caring about these things, you know, these types of trauma is not important. But I think the automatic go-to when you hear the word trauma is um, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, um, tongue twist there. 
Uh, PTSD, uh, people that have come out of the military or first responders um, or people that, you know, have been involved in a mass shooting. And again, that's not to say that we shouldn't care about those types of trauma. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to understand that trauma is way more nuanced, complex, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, than than we think, than, than jumping to... Well, trauma only includes this box of people that have been in, again, war, first responders, uh, mass shootings, etc. And so understanding that somebody's response to something, you know, may not always be simply just anger, you know. It very well could be a traumatic response to this situation based on something that they've experienced mm-hmm. previously. You I'll, I'll let you share the example, but you you know you you have a great example for that, you know, about the you know, some people experience it different ways, mm-hmm. you know. Um but just this understanding that more people than we come across than we think have or is dealing with some sort of trauma. That it's more than again this box of this very traumatic war type or mass shooting event. Yeah. Kyle, give us your thoughts on, on trauma-informed care. Kind of round that out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's a lot more to uh, trauma-informed care than just those kind of over... But we're just doing an overview of what that means and uh, what the basic premise of that is. And so uh, with that with that being said, Jonathan, you, you kind of uh, hit on it pre- really well. Um, basically the premise is understanding that trauma is complex, like you said. And so it's not a one size fits all. It's not a this group versus that group. Basically trauma is quantified as anything that's unexpected or negative. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a surprise. It happens out of nowhere and it, and it, it, it has a negative effect on a person who experiences it. So with that being said, um, an example would be for uh, kind of quantifying this and kind of defining it and rounding it out more is that, say for instance, and this is very simplistic, um, probably wouldn't always fit into this bracket, but very simplistic to kind of kind of define it out more is that uh, if I um, lost a close uh, a pet, you know, a lot of us love our pets. A lot of us love. Uh, that bond we have, they're almost a member of the family. Um, and if I were to lose a cat, say I love this cat, I've had it for however many years and normally a cat would, would live um, in a very significant time in my life and that cat died, okay? That might affect me in a way that is very traumatic and painful and, and, and stressful, and, um, but it may not affect Jonathan the same way. It may not, because that's just not something that, to him, he would he would go through the emotions and he would move on to the next thing. And it wouldn't be as what you kind of quantify as traumatic for someone. That's very simplistic, but just giving you a, a, a quantifier is that each person experiences those kind of things differently. Um, and there's a word that we use for that is that uh, some people who may experience something that we would see as traumatic may not be traumatic for them um, the term we would use would be psychological resilience is that they're able to bounce back. Like they're just, they're, that's, and, and there's no, 
better or worse or this person who's psychologically you know psychologically resilient is better than the other person who's not or or what have you it's just to say that you know there's some people who just don't don't process this they, they process those things differently um we had a a previous podcast earlier in the season with Jessica Harris a social worker um, who talked about these kind of things and, and we kind of we went through kind of what are some practical ways that we can walk alongside someone who's experiencing um, these types of things and one of the things that we hit on was the uh, the that, that kind of same idea is that um, so uh, Jessica Harris had talked about um, the fight flight or freeze response um, so each person who's faced with a traumatic event or something that causes them to react in a way, um, they're going to react in one of those three ways, whether they're going to fight or run or they're going to freeze. And so everyone in that kind of category is all, it's, it's not everyone's going to respond the same, just in the same likeness, trauma is not experienced the same way for every single person. Um, while Jonathan might not think that losing a cat is that big of a deal, yes, it might be a, a sad event and it might be something that he may have to grieve, but it affected me in a way that scarred me and wounded me in a way that brought back, it, it comes back and the, 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 the thoughts of that, the, those things. And, and, and it was very traumatic for me. And so that's different for everybody. So everybody experiences different types of traumas in different types of ways, or it might not even be traumatic for them at all. So um, understanding that trauma is complex, there's no one-size-fits-all model for for understanding this. That's what makes trauma so complex. And we use that word over and over again because it is, it really is. There's so many layers to it. There's so many connections um, based on somebody's perception, based on somebody's life experiences, uh, based on... Uh, their environment there's a lot of different things that goes that goes into this topic that we don't always think about as just as as just regular everyday people who hear about trauma because trauma is such a big topic now not that it always hasn't been talked about but it's so much more even so in the mental health community is trauma generational trauma complex trauma post-traumatic stress disorder all those different things uh that are associated with this topic um there, there's there's so many things thrown out there about like when we think about trauma we automatically associate it with this horrific event that like a shooting or like you mentioned and and it's not always the case Yes, those are significant, and those are big. We shouldn't discredit those. Yes. But understanding that everyone experiences a trauma in a different way, a stressor in a different way than somebody else might. So that's kind of kind of rounding it out, if you will, of what that trauma-informed care looks like. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Um, I'm sorry about the loss of your cat, Fluffy. <laughs> you know, Fluffy. You know, not really, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, nail on the head with, you know, kind of what we both, you know, really hit on was, you know, trauma's complex. And that's that's the idea of, like, because trauma is complex, it's deep, it's wide, doesn't all look the same. That's why, you know, we're talking about this 
accepting people, not filtering people. Yeah. Because trauma is complex, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes back to, to, to breaking down stigmas and breaking down walls we always talk about in this podcast. Yes. That's, that's our, one of our goals is that we want to break down some of the, these these stigmas that surround these conversations we talk about, whether it's mental health, whether it's cultural, whether it's about race or social issues, all these different things, political issues, all those different things, that they're... they're stigmas surrounding those topics and what our goal is here on this podcast is breaking down those walls breaking down the stigma surrounding them so that we can have open and honest conversations with people with each other and start to move past these things start to heal uh, start to reconcile start to do all these things that is such good work in the kingdom and such good work surrounding the gospel we have to start having these conversations and we have to not be so uh, clouded or, or blocked or whatever word you want to use that, that surrounds these conversations. So, Great. Um, really just, you know, nail right there um, to go into our break. Um, we'll be right back with you guys on this conversation. I've been linking up with God, we got an open line. Trying to have the tough combos with an open mind. Said Nick, get in the game, boy, you sounding like a coach of mine. You got to catch him, it's the game, boy, Pokemon. It feels weird, I'm honing in on what I'm focused on. Like trying to get them sing along if they know the song. I'm just trying to figure out where my emotions gone. And if I'm doing the right thing with what I'm supposed to want. Lightning in a bottle. All right, and we are back with the Peaks and Valleys podcast. We're going to move into um, some practical, how do we do this? And so the, the first question we, we really want to pose is, how do we give people space being filtered um, and simultaneously walk alongside them? How do you not get tangled up in all the mess? How does... You know, the mess or the trauma not get in the way of you walking alongside somebody. Um, and so I, I kind of want to start with something that you kind of alluded to, Kyle. So I, I think it starts with, you know, a, another word we can use for unfiltered or, you know, not filtering people is normalizing responses to trauma. Um, I think sometimes a a kind of a knee-jerk reaction may be, I expect you to respond this way. You know, like, here's this Bible verse, here's um, what God says, and all this kind of stuff where, you know, that that is necessary at a point, but initially, people just want to be heard. You know, um, people don't want to be told that what what I'm experiencing, my response is unnormal, yeah. right? And also, I think as well, another knee-jerk reaction is that, especially if we don't quite understand um, the complexities of trauma, a normal response would be, why did that affect you so badly? Yeah. Like, that's not that big of a deal or, you know, that might not not be what you say, but in your mind, you're probably processing like, wow, that's like the analogy we gave with the cat dying, um, a close pet. 
uh, why is that so traumatic or wh- why is that eating you up so bad or, or you know I know that go that uh, loss of something is goes back to grief but that simplistic kind of uh, analogy or that example if you will um, we're not always going to see someone else's trauma as something in ourselves as something traumatic the same way now obviously the things that you would would be being a part of a mass shooting or being in war or what a wartime or being in the military things like that but again we talked about how the those complexities those different types of traumas that people experience or what is traumatic for them it may not seem that way for us so i think the same knee-jerk another knee-jerk response would be that why why is that such a big deal or why is that right um you could say that with like racial trauma mm -hmm. when a you know, an unarmed black man is shot by a police officer. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, collectively, as a black community, there's there's some grieving, there's some hurt, there's some pain, there's some trauma there. There's some racial trauma. And we, we also talked about this in the episode with Jessica, like the generational trauma, you know. And, and so where we, as white-skinned males, like we... We see somebody that that's grieving that scenario. We may feel that grief. We may mm-hmm. feel heartbreak, but to the to the extent of seeing this and feeling this is traumatic for me. We're not going to feel that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that goes back to what Jessica talked about in our in that pot. We keep referring back to that one because this is very very they correlate uh, very well to it, and then they overlap and complement each other. Um, is that there's compounded trauma too, which is a, right. a number of different traumas over a longer period of time that are compounded upon uh, one another, and so the same like for that situation that you just gave a, a shooting um, in the black community by a police officer. That is something that has continued and continued and continued and continued and continued. And so it's, it, it compounds over time and experiencing that trauma over and over and over and over and over again, which individuals who experience trauma-like events, they're already reliving those types of experiences. They're, 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 they're seeing those images. They're, you know, they're, they're always in a constant state of hypervigilance about situations. And so when you you pile them up over a longer period of time, I can only imagine what that could be like. I've never really experienced something like quite like that, and so we might not, as white white people, mm-hmm. might not understand because it's not at that level for us. And so this conversation is so important to that is that we have to break down those preconceived notions we've talked about it before. Is that I'm here to listen not judge i'm here to listen to to seek to understand versus seek to be heard or my idea or my point or whatever right right this is this is a painful this is this is this is a hard emotional topic for this person and we should be uh, empathetic to this story and if this person um when we talk about trauma i always like to talk about uh, the story, how precious that story is, because it is very hard for somebody to share that story with someone. And we are placed in a place of trust. They are trusting us to give this this story, which is so uh, precious to them, 
to give to you. And that is an honor to be able to hold that story, whatever it is versus whether it's trauma, whether it's, uh, you know, just a season they're in where it's painful. They are trusting us with this story, you know? And so we have a responsibility as a friend, as a, as a, as a, um, a pastor, um, as, as a neighbor, whomever we, we have a responsibility and an honor to hold that story. And so that's so, that is so powerful. And so let us graciously hold on to that story with open arms. Yeah, man. And you, you, you absolutely just hit on kind of my, uh, my first thought about this idea, like how do we, how do we give people space and simultaneously walk with people, right? And you you just beautifully laid it out. Just starting with just sitting and listening. Mm-hmm. Just sitting and listening. We may we may not feel like that's movement or walking with people, but to them it is. Mm-hmm. Just sitting and saying, hey, whatever your response, whatever you want to share i'm i'm here to listen i'm here to hold that story you know and that that shows people that you care that that you eventually you're going to get to the point of you know kind of talking talking over this pain or trauma Mm -hmm. but it starts with listening it starts with sitting and saying hey i'm gonna be quiet i'm gonna listen i'm i'm gonna thank you for being vulnerable you know and sharing Mm -hmm. your story but again, like it, it all starts in, again, beautifully laid that out, Kyle. Um, but just, just sitting and holding people's stories, holding their pain, holding their trauma, listening. From that, um, Kyle, well, where do we move from there? Where do we move from, you know, a, as we're like talking about walking with people unfiltered as they are? What's our next step? Moving from just sitting and listening, um, where do we go then? Right. I, I think that when we, we, we talk about in these podcasts a lot about practical application for everything we talk about. And with this particular conversation, whether you're talking with someone or, or, or walking alongside someone in your life that's dealing with a traumatic event, start practicing listening skills. Um we're we in our culture we're not raised how to listen well um we're raised in a culture that i get my last word right this i get my last word so i mean i even find myself uh we all do where we sit in front of someone and just talking to somebody it's not even in a situation like this but we always have something rolling in our head that we're going to say next so we're not really listening, right? We're, we're, we're thinking, okay, he said that. I'm going to say this to back up what he said, or I'm going to say this to give advice, or I'm gonna, I think this is going to help. But reality is that we, we don't need to be there. We need to be in a space of total and utter listening. We, we, there should be nothing that we should be saying. There, there should really be nothing. Now, occasional, um, we've talked about it in one of our other podcasts about entering into someone's pain, um, you might acknowledge, wow, that's hard. That sounds hard. That sounds 
that sounds painful or that sounds that sounds sad that sounds you know that feels like you're you know it sounds like you're 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 grieving. It sounds like you're hurting. Um, acknowledging some of those things you might you might fill in, but you're not. Your 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 position is the listener, and so in your turn, your your turn will come eventually to speak. But it's not in these situations. It really isn't. And you might only say a couple of words through that whole entire conversation you're having with somebody. So really practicing those things, like practicing being engaged, uh, go back and listen to the, the podcast that we have in the season about entering into someone's pain. If you have not already, good practical tools to use in a situation like this where we can truly listen. I mean, um, we're, you know, we're not biased or anything, but it's, it's a really good yeah, episode. Yeah, it's a great episode, <laughs> and it, it's some great tools that me and Jonathan have had uh, mentors teach us and things that we have just been uh, on personal research and personal uh, study for ourselves and applying it in our own lives to other people and just listening to friends and family. And so we want to be able to start practicing these things when we're having just everyday conversations, training yourself to listen, to understand. You might ask somebody to clarify, like, I, I heard you say this. Is this what you meant? Like, that's okay. That that's a that's an okay response to get more information to understand because you might not understand. Yeah. Uh, and in this painful moment, some people might not. It might not make a lot of sense to us. So we we'll, we'll ask them questions and we'll ask them, Hey, can you can you like explain that a little bit more? What do you mean by uh, a, a a good uh, exercise? Always is. We we all use terms differently, right? We all use we we all have our own terminology for things or like. Um, I had, say, say for instance, an example, I had a fight with my spouse. Um, well, when you mean fight, what do you mean? Like, because fight could mean totally different things. Like, whether were their were fists thrown or was it just like you were, it was like a, a yelling match or a cussing match? Like, explain that to me. Like, tell me what that means. Like, what does that mean? Like, what, what when you fought, like, what happened? That helps us to really understand more of a story because, uh, Individuals we're talking to who may be dealing with these things may use reflective language, may use emotional language that it makes sense to them and what they're saying and their pain, but we might not understand what they're saying. So asking them to define things. like th These are just examples I'm giving of that's good listening, asking questions, giving feedback, not to give advice, but give feedback to, oh, that's hard. Huh. Or or leaning in, practice these things, put these into practice in your everyday conversations, especially when you're in the listener role. If someone else is talking, it's there. It's if they're the speaker, it's their turn to talk. And so I think that's a really good practical way is starting to practice this. So I would recommend going back to that episode and just listening and start to apply those things in everyday conversation. So I would definitely recommend uh, listening to that particular podcast, Entering Into Pain. Um, so listening, I think, would be one practical step, Practice actively practicing listening in your everyday conversation. Awesome, man. Great points all around. Um, and I hope this this episode really helps you guys frame what we mean by not being a filter for people, accepting people 
unfiltered in the, the trauma that they're dealing with, understanding that trauma is complex, um, you know, accepting and normalizing people's anger and frustration and all the mess, all the mess. Because ultimately, and what we really want to land on is accepting people as they are in their mess, in their brokenness, in their trauma. The the story that I shared personally in the beginning, it will then lead to some degree or full breakthrough and healing in their lives. Mm-hmm. I, I think we also, you know, should understand that um, some people may have triggers in their life that they deal with for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they they want have any degree of healing and, and kind of freedom from these things. And so in order to get there, in order to, to get that, see that breakthrough in people's lives, in order to see that healing, understanding trauma, understanding trauma-informed care, um, understanding that we're broken, we have mess, we, we should accept people unfiltered mm-hmm. as they are, so we can we mm-hmm. we again we can see breakthrough we can see healing in people's lives. Right, and so and we always recommend this. Uh, Jessica Harris, we Jessica Harris is awesome. She's an awesome resource, and uh, she told us about the mental health first aid. If you and we mentioned it in some podcasts, but I would love to mention it here again, and we'll put it in the podcast notes. Please, please, please check out uh, the mental health first aid. They're offered in an area by professionals who are are. are trained and who are ready to you know teach everyday people about these things about like how do i know what it looks like? how do i respond to this how do i how do i identify these things how do i you know how do i talk to people how do, what 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 does this trauma thing mean what does it mean in the grand scheme of things so there are resources out there there are resources uh, to help you on that way and i would definitely recommend mental health first aid I uh, haven't taken it myself. I want to, just with COVID. The COVID, I think COVID right now is is is, is there's the scheduling is it's not what it used to be. You're in person and things like that. But in your area, there should be some uh, type of uh, way that they provide those with those restrictions in your state. So right, yeah, and I'll I'll put that on the the show notes for you guys so you had that um, as a resource. We hope you guys guys enjoyed this episode, um, gain some understanding. Um, kind of frame these things for you guys. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with a friend, um, subscribe, leave us a review, and we will catch you guys on the next episode.